What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we've got a Put You Up for the debut album of Goody Mob, Soul Food, released November 7th, 1995. And with us today is uh, the gentleman who requested uh, we do this Put You Up, and that is Panama Jackson returning yet again. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Glad to be here to talk about this album that means the world to me, but apparently may not mean the world to uh, you all. What you niggas know about the Dirty South? <laughs> apparently not very much, you know what I'm apparently saying? Apparently not. But, you know. That's a good point because the 25th anniversary for this was, uh, you know, November 7th, 2020, right. and Panama in our group chat hit us up. We were like, hey, are you guys doing a tribute for Goody Mom Soul right. Food? And both of us were like, nah. <laughs> and not only were we like, nah, but we're like, I mean, why? Nah, see, you, you put an extras on my my response was a, I didn't have a personal anecdote. So I was like, I don't know that I'm yeah. the right person to cover this album. That was what I said. Right. Right. <laughs> well, my thought was like, why? Because this is not necessarily an album. Like, I'd never hear anyone talk about this album. That's crazy. Because you know I, mean? so, I, do, I do hear people talk a, about it. That is a fallacious <laughs> and felonious statement if ever there was one. In okay. Fa- well, in I fact, don't hear I think people talk about this. Album. In fact, I think I said in this in the group chat, but um, Questlove Supreme, who you know, Questlove's podcast, I, I also listen to his podcast. Fonte said made a, a, a mildly audacious statement that was along the lines of that this album is what AT no the the acclaim that ATLians gets is what this album should have gotten or something along those lines. Outlaws making outlaws making good rappers making so. faces. <laughs> Whatever. I, I I don't really care about what Fonte has to say outside of anything he does with Born Exchange. I don't think he's a good rapper. He might be funny, but wait, whatever. what? You're you're oh, alone you in that. Oh, you, don't, you don't think? Oh, you don't Panama, think you're you, late on this. Have you missed I this? Think, I do not think Fonte is a good rapper this. at all. I did not know. Yeah, no, I, I really. just like. Like, okay, if Fonte, real quick on Fonte, if he, if every single one of his raps came 10 years before he actually released them, I might respect him. But like, he sounds like a rapper that was good 10 years ago before he actually came out with his shit. Does that make sense? Like, Little no. Brother came I out in 2004. I'd have respect for it. It came out in 1999. I think Outlaw's take on, on Fonte is just blatantly wrong. I don't know anybody Whatever. else who feels this way about Fonte, but he really does feel passionately about this. That is interesting. Exactly. Exactly. He's got he's got yeah. one good verse on that Mitchell show, which everybody talks about. And yeah. That's wild to me. Anyway. But look, so <laughs> look, that's how I feel about that. So nevertheless, nevertheless, uh, so we're doing a put you up for Goody Mobs Soul Food. And this is a really, really important album for the ATLians, correct? I think it's an important yes. album to 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 hip hop. Like I, and okay. I mean and I'm and I'm not saying that to be like funny, right? Like I think the personally, and and again, I'm not from the South, and I, I can't claim to speak for people from the South, but I think that that moment, that Source Awards moment of you know Andre saying the South has something to say, like I feel like this album like embodies that ethos, like it, it mm-hmm. you know, and and I think that I think that, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about like the body of the album and how we feel about it, but like I feel like this album represents the everyman, like. You know the okay. the southern everyman, and I think that's why it seems to be so important. But I don't know, Panama, how you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably um, 
not even so much the everyman. This is mm-hmm. this is the album for all the street corner hustlers who also read books, right? <laughs> like this is the this is the dudes who who will sell you a dime bag, but are also arguing about you know behold the pale horse at the same time, and they're <laughs> you know like the guys who want to do a little bit better, but circumstances mm-hmm. being what they are, but you know they're not stupid. They're they're actually really smart. They're right. like they're like everybody's uncle that you know that's really smart and you the people say mm. stuff like damn why he ain't do more than he did you know what I mean like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's for those people like Outcast represents um. you know Outcast represents what you can do when you're supremely talented and yes. you have um, a solid core and team behind you and mm-hmm. you know you have that swag but go but Goody Mob is like the heartbeat you know like they they really get to speaking about the struggle um mm-hmm. you know they're 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 darker rappers than i think outcast is right like they're more yeah, they tend to sure. be more uh fatalist more yeah. uh realistic less where i came from we call them prison philosophers that's what it, that's what they sound like to me <laughs> like a nigga yeah, who, I mean, who goes to jail some of that, yeah. reads reads some books in jail Comes out of jail and is like, yo, look, I read this book. This is the way the world is. You need to know this shit because cause you ain't up on this young blood. <laughs> that's that's how I feel when I listen to yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, you know, I just, I guess for me, you know, obviously Outkast is probably my favorite rap group ever. Mm-hmm. If if not number one, one A. I mean, that goes back yep. and forth sometimes. Yep. But, um, you know, Goody Mob for me, especially this album, especially Soul Food, has always been the album that I think never got the flowers that it deserved because as a project, as a body of work, I am mm. I, I still love this album. I'm always amazed at how how much they really tapped into the like the black man, like the ideology of the black man, especially in the inner city, uh in, in the South, because this is a very southern album. This is a very Atlanta album. Like Outcast is more national. Mm. This is a very local album yep. to me that that it's it's local in it's it's the way that they speak mm-hmm. obviously it, it did pretty well i think it probably went gold or something like that but mm-hmm. um it's just a good album and i think that it's it's a very underrated album despite the fact that i think everybody down south appreciates and loves this album much yeah. like the way we talk about like ugk's riding dirty like it's it's oh. in that it's in that same vein of, of <laughs> albums of pure respect and reverence uh, fact check, you are correct. Uh, this album did go gold. Okay. Um, yeah, just wanted to throw out throw that out there. Good. I'm so starting. We will strong. be talking about Right and Dirty this year for sure. Oh, man. That's definitely getting the 25 I'm, I'm year. I'm hella excited about that, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, quickly on Right and Dirty. I am mm. so surprised at this point how revered that album is, mm. because that album when that album comes out in the late night, like I was obviously I'm down south. I'm listening to that album. Like when one mm-hmm. day drops, everybody's listening to that. Oh, um, such a great song you know murder like there's it's a good album mm-hmm. nobody was listening to this joint and then and then i remember jay-z starts name checking it. everybody starts talking about this That's album fair. yeah and then next thing you know ugk is everybody's favorite rap group and ride dirty is everybody's favorite album, and I'm like, we've been listening to this album for ten years. Because I know that, because I know that that's that's what happened with me, right? Like, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I, but you know, when when UGK, you know, did that that big pimping, you know, appearance, and it was uh, everybody was suddenly like, oh, UGK is my favorite group. Then I was like, oh, let me, you know, let me check this out, and then yo, 
riding dirty dang this 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 album is amazing so uh, that was my perspective so i don't know yeah i didn't get put up on riding dirty until maybe like 2001 2002 mm. around that time frame so i was late to the game nevertheless yo still rock with it <laughs> yeah it's an amazing it's so, an amazing album like chad yes. butler man pimp c r.i.p but yeah, yeah so so i mean i think you kind of started to to, to canvas it at panama but like let me throw to you like can you tell us a little bit more about like why you put us up on this album and like you know like you know kind of what you wanted to discuss in terms of 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 what this album means to you yeah absolutely so there's a couple reasons um this album comes out when i'm 16 years old uh which means i'm in like i'm in my formative hip-hop years but i'm also Mm -hmm. at the point where my my hip-hop tastes are starting to crystallize a little bit okay and i'm down south Outcast is already blown. Everybody, everybody down south is in love with Outcast mm-hmm. for the most part because we finally got a uh, we finally got a group that has gone national in a way that has garnered respect in a certain in a certain way, right? Right. Everybody loves Ghetto Boys and Scarface, but for some reason it just whatever they were just early, you know, like like mm-hmm. the the Ghetto Boys of the late '80s, early right. '90s. Right. But Outcast hits in that frame when hip hop is really starting to grow up and become a national sport. Yeah. Yeah. across the board like getting mainstream notice and all this mm-hmm. but if you're down south so goody mob is right behind them and mm-hmm. i don't know that goody mob hits the same way nationally but for us down south like this was just a continuation you know soul food comes on the heels of um on the hills of southern playlistic mm-hmm. goes right with it you know what i mean we get we get the transition of andre 3000 from dre into starting to become 3000 that thought process verse is mm. peak ATLians. It's the introspective mm-hmm. Dre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got off on the 13th floor. Then I realized that there wasn't one. They said it's from 12 to 14. Still smoking, <laughs> still drinking. Like it's like you get you get that Dre. It's like right. But then what you also do, you have several things that get coined in this album. For one, yeah, Dirty South. This is the first time Dirty South becomes a yep. thing. Yeah, right. And that's not even a, that. That wasn't even a Goody Mob song. I'm pretty sure that was a Cool Breeze song that Goody Mob jacked because I think that's true. It worked. Yeah. Cool I mean, Cool Breeze is on two on verses on that yep. on that yeah. song. Gip is the other one. Big Boy's on it. Right. And then CeeLo just says something at the end. A yeah, la Lil Wayne. Cujo, they're not even on it. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, this this is this album is also the first time I ever heard the word trap. By the way, I'm sorry. That's one of the things I like the most about that song. That Timo and, oh, and Cujo aren't on it, the, but anyway, we can talk. And about we that you listen. And we we we're, def- we're definitely going to get to that. We're definitely <laughs> going to get to that because I have I definitely have thoughts on that. But okay, um, you know, so I have this out. Al- this album also hits home for me because the album comes out in November. I probably had half of this album six months before this dropped. Oh, wow. a friend of mine, his big brother somehow was on the street team for LaFace in Atlanta. <laughs> Okay. Comes back to, and I'm, I'm living in, at this time, I'm living in, uh, in Madison, Alabama, which is a suburb of Huntsville, mm-hmm. where Alabama, A&M, Oakwood, okay. um, University, are, uh, where those schools are. And he hates this tape, so he just gives it to me. Okay. And so this is, this is the summer of 95, so I'm riding around all summer, mm-hmm. bumping this album that has the song Soul Food on it. Okay. It has Thought Process on it. It has uh, cell therapy on it. It has um, goodie bag on it. You know, so I'm the I'm the plug. I'm the dude that has this album basically in advance. <laughs> so that's and why I'm you love this album. <laughs> well, partially it was just dope. Like for right. instance, the song Soul Food. I mean, yeah. that is such a good song. Like I don't care if yeah. 
if you hate them, it is hard to hate Soul Food as a song because it's so much fun. Agreed. So, I this album just it has personal resonance for many reasons. Organized notes. I've told you all before, like, mm-hmm. my older sister is also kind of a part of this whole crew in an interesting way. Like, she's right. been to the dungeon, you know, like, Young Bloods are her really good friends and, mm-hmm. and you know, because of my older sister, Eric Sermon called me randomly one day to ask me for a ride to go pick up his car. <laughs> you know, like I have all these weird, crazy stories because of my older sister who went to school with um, Cujo's brother okay. and cousin, Mark and Twain. Like, that's two different people. Like, on the song, it says Mark Twain. <laughs> it's two different people. Oh, and, okay. You know, she went to school with them. So they were all part of this big clique of folks from, like, Atlanta who, you know, went all to Statesboro. They, they went to Georgia Southern and Statesboro. Okay. So... I was always mad that my sister never connected me with these people. Like, I've never had a chance to go to the dungeon. I know exactly where it is. I could drive by that bad boy, but I've never been inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I know where Rico Wade's house is when he moved from the dungeon. I used to drive past it all the time. Right. My sister never took me there. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's like I have all these interesting relationships to this group organized noise. Mm. And, you know, the, the people involved in these albums without actually being physically a part of it right so i don't know if i love this album just because it's good to me mm-hmm. and what it represented and i do think it's a classic southern i do think it's a classic album it just happens to be a southern album too i've heard that from but, many people you know i'm also like this album really is a a like time capsule of like life in atlanta in the mid 90s in a way that i don't even think outcast really captured because they were too busy being outcasts, you know, being mm-hmm. superstars, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, Goody Mob wasn't a superstar group. Right. So, you know, the, that's why I wanted to talk about it. I just kind of assumed that everybody felt about it the way that I did. <laughs> yeah. So when I when I randomly asked if y'all were going to do a tribute, it was more like a rhetorical question. That I is an amazing be segue the, because, Outlaw, the, how do you feel about the album now that you've heard it? Well, first, <laughs> let me just go with the where were you when it oh. came out. I okay. mean, obviously, it's 1995, late on. I'm only pretty much listening to things on the radio. Um, the Fuji's are about to come out. Uh, Biggie is all over the radio. Tupac mm-hmm. is on the radio. Mm-hmm. Whatever, right? It's fine. Um, I was. I don't think I knew he even Outkast was at the time. Okay. Um, so you know that's where I am when this comes out. Now, throughout the years, the reason why I never went back to this album the way I went back to Outkast is because. Goody Mob never really stood out to me. I mean, I was very well, very familiar with the song Cell Therapy because of the video. Mm-hmm. That joint knocked, yes. right? With the yes. little skeletons in the cartoons. <laughs> like, that shit was fire. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I knew about that song, and it was dope. Mm-hmm. But none of the verses, even CeeLo at the time, none of the verses actually mm-hmm. stood out to me. The only thing that really stood out to me was the hook. Okay. None of the the personalities involved had a personality that drew me in and made me want to listen. Whereas not like even Run, the, not even the like the, the you know keep our ass in line or nothing like that. Like that nah, didn't really that, stick out to you. There, there was nothing that like Busta Rhymes like easily like captures you. Mm-hmm. Oh right? yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, like even Biggie, like Biggie is just hard to miss. Like mm-hmm. Bone Thugs and Harmony, who I never right. bought any of their albums, but that shit was on the radio. Like there was just something about them that made you listen. Gotcha. There was nothing about the vocalist, even for me, CeeLo, at the time, at least in that song, they really stood out and said, hey, I, who are these people? I have to go out and find them. And maybe it was because like the video itself, there's there's so many other things going on. Mm -hmm. You don't even get to really see them. 
Um, well, you see so, CeeLo walking around with no shirt insane, on and his gut hanging bro. out. CeeLo's verse I, is I, so good on that so song. Good. I mean, it is such a like retrospective. But on you're talking to society. A person, but you're also talking to in 1996. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah, yeah at that 1996. Point. Okay. Yeah, who I don't necessarily recognize. Like, I think Will Smith is dope. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck do I know? So mm-hmm. going back then, right? Going further along in my hip hop education, when I'm more mature, where I can actually decide, like, no, this is good. This is not good. You know, yes, I recognize CeeLo is dope. Mm-hmm. Nobody else in that group, aside from Big Gip, is good to me. And Big Gip's not even mm-hmm. good. I just kind of like Big Gip. Like, he just I seems like a cool guy. Yep. And so Goody Mob, I, I just never had the, the sense to really go back and listen. And then mm-hmm. I think there was sometime maybe like three or four years ago, I went back to listen to, I think it was a sophomore album. I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, Still Standing. Um, which is the it's one, got Black Ice on it. one that has... Exactly. Yeah, That's why I went so back fire. to go listen to that album. And with the exception of that and like one other song, I was like, yeah, like I'm yeah. I'm good here on Goody Mob. I'm good mm-hmm. on Witch Doctor. I'm good on Dungeon Family, aside from Damn. Organized Noise and um, an Outcast, right? Okay. Of course, Cool Breeze is cool. I kind of like Slim Cutter Calhoun mm-hmm. a little bit, kind of. But like, <laughs> I don't need to... I have better things to do with my time than go back and listen to, to, to get, and get caught up on Goody Mob. So that's kind that's of funny. why this album in particular, like when I saw it on the list, because that's what we do. We go back, we're like, oh, we got to give the tribute to this. I was like, oh, Goody Mob, so whatever, mm. you know, and maybe that's a flippant response. But that's I'm, I'm trying to just illustrate why this was just never on my radar. Yeah. That's interesting. I, you know, uh, to kind of piggyback on on your, your where were you, you know, um, obviously, '95. I'm I'm just like you. I'm a kid. I'm just I'm 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 on whatever's on the radio. And Goody Mob ain't on the radio where I live, at least at the time. Um, I think I really intersected with them when I heard Black Ice because Black Ice happened to hit me at a time where where Outkast was becoming one of my favorite groups. So it's like you know I'm loving I'm listening to everything Outkast that I can get my hands on. And then I see this music video. The music video was also very captivating, right? So like everything about they're all sitting around the amazing. yeah, they're all sitting around the table and the whole nine. And then and then I got Outcast on it. I'm like, oh my god, who is this group? Like I want to you know I want to hear more about them. But I think similar to what Outlaw is saying, you know, like and and we'll talk about this more when we talk about the body of the album. But like I would say like lack of compelling lead vocalists, right? And so, like, you know, many times I would find myself when I'm listening to these these Goody Mob songs. And, and I mean, I think I think it's developed a little bit more for me now. But back then, when I listened to these songs, the verses almost sounded like just background noise. Right. And like so the production was interesting enough, like, you know, Rico and them. They, it's interesting enough that mm-hmm. there's sounds, there's interesting yeah. percussion. There's they're doing cool things where like I'm, I'm, I'm captivated by the production, but then I don't have a vocalist that makes me care about their story, right? And so like, you know, especially when I was younger, like, you know, when I heard when I heard Outkast and I and I first heard Andre, the things that he was saying were was so c- contemplative and so relatable that like I wanted to know more about him. Like I was like I was like, yo, this guy, he's really interesting. Like I want to know, you know, when he's telling me these stories about, you know, uh who want to fuck with Hollywood Court? Like I'm like I can picture Hollywood Court. Like I'm I I want to know more about this this story. But like when I when I heard, you know, that most of these individuals, I think CeeLo, CeeLo always stood out to me, but it was more like, you know, the first time I ever saw him, he's got his shirt off, his guts out and he's looking out of a window or whatever. Right. You know, so like 
like CeeLo was always interesting to me because, you know, he was singing on records. His voice was really weird. You know, he looked funny to me. Like, you know, he dressed funny. Like I, like I was always interested in CeeLo, but everybody else in the group to me was not captivating. I thought Big Gip dressed in a captivating manner and his yeah. voice, I could, I could pick it up out of a group, but, but he never said anything that really, that I cared about. And so, um, I think, you know, in that time frame where I heard Black Ice, I went back and of course I had heard Cell Therapy before. So it was already familiar to me. It was, it was, mm-hmm. it was out, you know, um, and then I had heard Soul Food as well before, um, you know, but these were records that again, like because of the fact that, that the artists themselves didn't really compel me at the time, I never went and like actually connected with those records. I just had heard them before. Right. So, um, so I think, you know, in going back and, and listening now, I enjoy the album a lot more, and I guess now I'm kind of talking about the my reception of it. But um, but at the time, that's the reason why I, I kind of bypassed it was was because I just didn't care about the stories of the people that I was listening to. So, what's kind of the critical reception of this album? We kind of teased on it a little bit in terms of what Fonte had to say on yeah. uh, Questlove's podcast. I mean. Th- you say that this is a classic hip hop album, not just a southern classic hip hop album. I mean, it went gold, um, which was a big know, deal, I, it, even, which was which was a thing in the in the nineties. It was still, I mean, it was a thing. It was a thing for a, a, a ish, relatively ish because I mean, you know, it's like it's like it's like being it's like being dog pound and going gold, right? Like it's like you're standing next to Snoop Dogg, you're you go gold. It, it matters, but it's not like crazy. Well, in Snoop a time frame where more than Outkast did, that's true. In like his first week, you know what I'm saying? That's like true. Outkast true. was still fighting for that's respect fair. outside of the South, so it's not that's quite fair. the same thing. That's yeah. true. Like so, gold, that's okay. why I said going gold mattered because for them, like it wasn't like a, it wasn't no guarantee. Mm. It wasn't a guarantee. Even Outkast wasn't guaranteed. Yeah. You know, like they 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 possibly overachieved nationally on mm. their first album, and it just set the stage for them to continue to innovate. Whereas, that's true. I don't know that there were even expectations for Goody Mob, and mm. you know, obviously the Outcast connection did help. But I don't even know if organized noise was as revered then as it is right now. You know what I mean? Like we look right. back well, fondly when was on TLC organized Waterfall? noise. 98 or so same, yeah, 95. Yeah, yeah, so same same time frame. So I don't know that okay. we would have known of them from from that record yet. Yeah, there's still people that don't even realize organized noise did that beat because it doesn't. It's so right. clean. It's so, yeah, yeah. you know, it's 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 produced. It's mixed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As opposed to everything on this album. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So Yinka, do you think this is? Do you see this as well as a hip hop classic and not just a southern hip hop classic? That's a good question. Um. I, th- I think it's a classic, but but I think it's a classic from an understanding perspective. Like I like I think okay. in the same way that I find dog food to be a classic, right? Um, where I can I can understand if somebody else says that dog food is not a classic, but but it 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 just is a classic because of how relevant it is to a, a region. I feel mm-hmm. like that's how I feel about this album. Okay. Because the critical yeah. reception that I've heard is I've heard that it's a classic from a lot of people, most of them being from the South, though. Interesting. I mean, look, I need to emphasize that when I say that none of my friends ever talked about this album, literally uh-huh. none of my friends ever talked about this album. And I'm not like that's that's through college. That's after college. Wow. I was talking with people from Atlanta. I think Panama is the first person who's ever been like, yo, you got to listen to the Soul Food album. I mean, really? look, I've heard people mention the Soul Food album, but never yeah. like, yo, you got to talk about it. 
the way or you you mm. you got to check it out the way people are like yo you got to check out that UGK Ride and Dirty you know what I mean like I just I never heard people speak as highly about this album until Panama so and, and maybe that's just me I'm out of the loop I got other things going on perhaps and I'm not always focused on this like I should be my bad but I don't know so I mean okay well here's the question for you then Panama to give us a gauge on the critical reception where does this album stack up with the other Dungeon Fam albums, right? So pretty much compare it to the Outcast catalog between right. Southern Playalistic, AT Aliens, Equimini, and we'll say Stanconia. If you yeah. want to say Speakerbox, Love Below, fine. Where do you put this Soul Food album in that ranking, in that list of, of albums? Right. That's a good question. This will sound like a hot take. All right. Uh-oh. I just want to be very clear. Don't do this. It's not don't my. It's not it? my number one. It's not my number okay. one. Don't, don't I was get, gonna say, bro. I'm turning the mic off and I'm leaving. <laughs> Atlians will forever be, as far as I'm concerned, the best album to come out of that. The the entire organized noise okay. dungeon family, oeuvre, okay. however you say that word. Mm-hmm. Um, I could put Soul Food number two. I could do that. Over I like Aquemini. it. Over I like it more than Aquemini. I got to be honest with you. I wow, think Aquemini. I think Aquemini probably has better. So- I mean, not probably. Aquemini has better songs <laughs> on it because at that point, Dre and Big were completely in their bag. They knew exactly what they were doing. Yes. They knew how to get out what they were doing. Yeah. But I don't feel that album the same way I feel Soul Food. You know I what I mean? Like it's kind of like that's fine. Yeah, it's you, you know how people talk about when you listen to vinyl like that warmth. That's on mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. The, the reason why people sample from vinyls because they're trying to get whatever that that thing the that you lose form. on digital. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about soul food. Like it has a certain soul to it, you know, no pun intended, that I think albums like Stankonia or even Equimini that are that are huge records mm-hmm. that have huge sound, but they're, you know, like they're glossy. Um, I feel what you're gl- they're all glossy, especially compared to stuff like ATLians and Southern Playalistic, right? Mm-hmm. So, I probably would have Soul Food right after ATLians for me, and then it's going to be Equimini and then Stankonia, or maybe Southern Playalistic is in, maybe Southern Playalistic is number 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 four. Um, okay. But I genuinely feel that strongly about Soul Food as a body of work, and and to complete that murder, Still Standing was a much glossier album. Yes. Than Soul Food was. Like, they were trying mm-hmm. to get, like, singles and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. They Don't Dance No More it was a single on purpose. Like, that's the kind of joint that was trying to, like, hit radio, like, like impact at radio. They even Weren't had a they, song like, in there. coming at, at Puff or oh, something on that joint? that's the video I'm thinking of. They Don't Dance No More. That's the video I'm no thinking more. of. So, I had yeah. not seen the, I had not seen the video for Cell Therapy. I had heard the song Cell Therapy. The song I remember was They Don't Dance No More. And that's uh, the one with the cartoons. Yeah, like, okay, okay. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. It's been so long since I'd, I'd seen these videos. So yeah. Yeah. They even she, had, they she even had a song. Jumbled yep. up in there. They had a song on there that should have been for for the for like 90, was this, 98 when it comes out? Like Beautiful Skin, mm-hmm. yeah, which beautiful was skin. the Ode to Women, yep. except it's like a complete respectability politics song. Like when you listen to it again. <laughs> like basically telling women like, Hi, I can't respect you if you don't respect yourself. Right, kind of you got to dress. You got to do like But this. In, in 98, that joint sounded like a, an Ode to Women, like a genuine <laughs> Ode to Women. You know, like yeah. it had like Black Ice is on that album, like yeah. Still Stain. Like it had good songs on it, but it's a much more like glossy album than this is and i think it's mm-hmm. and you can tell they're kind of trying to decide if they want radio 
but they mm. want the streets at the same time. And I right. think that's kind of if they lost their way, that album kind of shows how they started to lose it in terms of their messaging, so mm. to speak. Okay. So we're gonna get into highlights and lowlights. Before mm. I before we do that, I just want to give a quick anecdote from listening to this album because I don't hate it and I don't think it's bad mm-hmm. and I completely understand why we're doing this but I just have to say like based off of the things that you're just saying to me listening to this album one of the things I picked away from it was that it feels like it has more importance than it has actual quality and most of that lack of quality comes down to the lyrics themselves and the mm-hmm. performers themselves which you know I don't know if it's just my not I want to say disdain, <laughs> but maybe I'm trying to be too impartial or too objective. But real talk, like Timo and Cujo, just they're not good. They're not good. <laughs> they're they're not good. They're at absolutely all. not good. I'm gonna disagree with that eventually, but keep going. Mm. But so that's the thing, right? Like, so it's, I, it's, it's 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 kind of hard for me because I'm like, well, I don't know if he's being biased here or is he like genuinely? I mean, you like Capadonna, right? Like they're dope. Capadonna can rap his ass off though. Okay, now I that's think, a hot take. He, he, so here's there, what I think. You haven't, heard, you haven't heard the pillage? Has, yeah, of course I heard the pillage. I bought versus, that the day it came out. I bought yeah. that on. I bought that the day it came out from a Peppermint and, Music in West End Mall. And he's not. And he's not rapping his ass off on some of them records. I mean, if, if my man could find two words that that rhyme, then maybe he would be. <laughs> but you know, stream of consciousness is always a struggle. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I personally yeah. think that I like Capadonna, mm-hmm. but like. You'll never hear me put him on anyone's like on any right. list. I That's personally fair. like, he is like kind him. Of I an think he has taste. flavor. Yeah. But I also recognize Agreed. that like he's an acquired taste. Same yeah. thing with Master Killer, right? I think Master Killer is an acquired taste. But, You're not going to hear me say he's objectively dope the way I would say Inspector Deck, Method Man, Ghostface, Jizza. But, but Outlaw, let me so let me let me let me make this kind of counter argument to you. To, and I, I'm I'm actually using one of your arguments towards you. But Ooh, uh, when God, we like when we when we talked about Noriega, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about how Noriega is just objectively bad at rapping, right? He's he's just not good at <laughs> yeah. rapping, right? Yeah. Um, he he's, his first album was a great album. Um, you know, CNN War Report, great album. Uh, Noriega's never been good at rapping. I'm sorry, War Report. He was he was okay, I guess, but he's just not good. But um, one of the things that you said about you know Nori and the appeal of Nori, you know, you said that like a lot of your friends from New York, they really like Nori because they feel like. He's just kind of like like anybody like like you and your boys. Yeah. You just get together. You're just like you're freestyling. You're, you're you're not taking it that seriously. You're not trying to be a rapper. You're not trying to be the Michael Jordan of rap or something. You're just you're just a right. guy. You're just hanging out, right? Um, and and there's a certain appeal to that for for New York guys, right? That like okay. this guy that's just like a tough thug dude from New York that just hanging out can make good music, right? Yeah, and I it feel, makes them feel like, hey, if he can make it, if he I can, can do it, it, I could do it, right? And I almost felt that, and and sorry, Panama, for killing your your favorite album, but I, right. I'm, when I was right. listening to this album, like I really got like a wow, this group is the everyman of 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 Atlanta, like like this mm. is like you go to any okay. school, you know, in Atlanta, and you see some kids rapping on a lunchroom table, right, like. When we were kids, you know, and we were we were in high school, at any given time, a cipher might break out, right? You, you know, you're on your way to class, right? If Andre is in that cipher, or even Big Boy is in that cipher, you're gonna stop and you're gonna be late to class, right? Like you're mm-hmm. gonna be like, oh my gosh, like something is happening that's special, right? There's other kids that are gonna rap and you're gonna keep walking because you don't wanna be late to class. 
Mm-hmm. Goody Mob is generally the niggas that you're going to keep going to class, right? Like yeah. they're rapping and it's cool and you can relate to them. They're, they're speaking the slang that you know. And so there's a, there's a certain familiarity there that you love. But at the same time, to me, they're not special vocal talents. And so like a lot of times I hear them and it's just kind of in the background, similar to Nori. We talked about that on the Nori episode. You know, I love that album, uh, you know, but... one of the things that I enjoy is I almost just kind of put Nori in the background. Like when he starts rapping, I tune out and I'm just listening to everything else that's going on. And I found myself doing that a lot with this album. So I don't know how you feel about that take, but. So look, let's just go ahead and transition into the low lights here. Um, (laughs) Might as well. Right. And the, the thing that can separate Noriega from Cujo in particular, right? <laughs> is that Cujo takes this shit seriously. You can tell. QJ, he raps so hard. I'm like, bro, you really think you're really, spitting. really, really fucking trying. And he's putting his all his energy into it. And he's trying to, you know, I like people who sound distinctive. They sound yeah. distinct. They sound yeah. unique. You could tell us them. But like he Panama's goes pissed, to such yeah. an extreme that he sounds bad. He's intolerable on 90% of this album and that is not an exaggeration. He's he's not even just an average rapper. He's not a below average rapper. He fucking sucks. He's bad and I cannot emphasize that enough. And I know Wait, that sounds let, like you're talking pa- shit. You gotta but that's how bad he sounds. Timo to me, he's not horrible, he's not intolerable. He's just not good. Big Gip is fine. I don't have any, I don't have any issues with Big Gip. And and I'm not saying that they're not trying to sound. It's not that they don't have a good message. They're just, their raps aren't very compelling. Their flow and rhythm, particularly Cujo, it's just, it sucks. His voice isn't good either. Like, I don't get it. I really, really I don't get not. it. I could not. I literally could not disagree with you more on something. And, and so you think he's let me nice. Say this. You think Cujo is no, nice. No, 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 no. Give, don't, don't. I never, I've never actually said that. So right, what right. I was going to say before when we, we were talking about like, there's no compelling artist in the group, for real, for real. Like CeeLo mm-hmm. notwithstanding, you know, yeah, CeeLo is dope. CeeLo is um, nice. Yeah. I agree with you on Timo. I've never liked Timo. Timo is literally possibly one of my least favorite rappers of all time. <laughs> he's not like good. if he's, I he's put out good. a if I put out a top ten list of rappers that I hate the most, Timo might actually make <laughs> that list. And it's mostly because I hate how he says the words life of crime. Like he likes to use that phrase. And every time he says it, I cringe and I get mad. Like he says it in he says it in thought process. He says it in soul food. He said like he's also the one that verse, does that does that like that like double time roll thing on every single verse, right? Oh and it's like, bro. He almost stop. ruined the song Soul Food with his <laughs> verse about about like the OJ Simpson trial. Like everybody oh, else yeah. is talking about everybody else is talking. Like, I don't even understand how they decided to let that shit rock. Like I've always <laughs> yeah. been annoyed by that. It's it's not the exact same thing, but it's on par with like Kanye's verse on Father Stretch My Hands that <laughs> almost murders a perfect beat. You know what I oh mean? Like, God. why it are you talking murder. about bleached assholes right. on this beat? Of all the songs mm-hmm. to do that. So I'm with you on Timo. I've never liked Timo. Cujo, mm-hmm. but here, here's my argument for Cujo. I okay. cannot wait to hear I do not I'm I'm not gonna week. argue. I'm not going to argue that he's a great rapper. I, I wouldn't say that. Okay. What Timo, I mean, what Cujo is good at, though, is conviction. Like, you find it, yeah, insu- you find it, you find her intolerable. I actually think the way he punctuates his thoughts, like how you feel frustrated, irritated. Sometimes I don't know myself. I be too numb to feel something. Sometimes, 
so I dig deep. Like the way that That's he does that. That's not a good. You no no, no but listen, down. but you yeah. hear it's a, it's a bar. It, it's it's not a great. It's it's fine. But what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. he the way that he attacks his his bars is distinctive. Number one, it's yeah. it's nobody yeah. else raps like him. Number one, That's true. Number For two, reason. I believe. <laughs> listen, Silk the Shocker had a whole career. Capadonna <laughs> sucks. As far as I'm concerned, so we can, you know, and we're we're talking about you just like, did you not hear the pillage? I mean, I'm just saying. So I actually, I don't think Kujo's a good rapper. What I do think he's is he's good at performing his verses to make to for effect. Like he's a performer mm-hmm. to me, and he have he happens to land the effect. Like on, so here's on, my question, Panama on cell therapy kills it. Would you listen to a Kujo solo album? Like in, intentionally buy a Kujo solo album? Probably not, but I but I also okay. would never again. I've I've never said that I thought Cujo was that good. He mm. fits. I think he fits well within the group, Goody Mob. Because because yeah. here, here's the thing. So you've watched you listen to the you listen to the Questlove thing, and you probably watched yep. the VH1 joint. They were put together. They're cobbled together, right? right? Cujo right. and Timo amazingly were a rap group together. They were the Lumberjacks. <laughs> yeah, Gip was I a wish solo they stayed a group so we didn't have to hear them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Gip was a Gip was a, a free agent solo dude, and so was CeeLo, who was supposed to be right. part of Outkast at some point, right? So they right. this Goody Mob Soul Food album is basically CeeLo basically called it a compilation album. Like it was just mm-hmm. these dudes put together and made an album. Right. But I think their voices all work together so distinctly that it just kind of works. Even Timo, who I don't like. Mm-hmm. Like Gip is good. He has a good flow. Like he's, you know, I'm not, I don't know that I would go out of my way to buy a Gip album, but when Gip is on, he's on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And CeeLo yeah. was CeeLo was an, an otherworldly talent, and I yeah. Yeah, I heard that I very early on in this album. Like easily, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. opens the album with the the intro free. Oh, so it's amazing. You know yeah. that that's beautiful. Every time that he's singing or doing his thing, like he's so good at evoking emotion yeah. in the way he delivers his verses that yeah. the whole package works. Even if mm-hmm. individually there's issues, the whole package works very well for me because mm-hmm. they're talking about. Atlanta, they're talking about the struggle. Like this is these are the struggle rap dudes. You know what I mean? Like mm. about twenty dollars away from being on the street, shit. You <laughs> know, like might see a nigga on TV, but hell, it's almost like I'm rapping for free. And then Dre does the yeah. exact same thing on elevators, right? You know, they, he he brings that same shit back around on elevators. Right. So, I I get them as lowlights. I feel you individually. Mm. Yes, as a as a collective, they work. Is part yeah, of why I struggle with the whole. I don't like three out of four of them. I can tolerate easily because of how they sound together. Timo's always bad. You're always yeah. gonna win if you tell me Timo's trash. <laughs> yeah, so I think we're just gonna have to disagree on that because Cujo sounds so forced and so scatterbrained half the time. Mm. I'm like, dude, like I, I hear the words you're saying, and I and I, but like, why are you choosing to put these words together? For dude Listen, who sounds as bad as he does, he if has Ghostface didn't sound say. like Ghostface, it would be the same thing. Oh. Scatterbrained, random collections of words that—that's fair. Either, Wait, but in Ghostface, no one from says Ghostface is whack though, right? Like <laughs> Ghostface sounds good. You know what I mean? And Ghostface. First of all, Ghostface can also tell a fucking story. That's when what I was going to say. Kujo doesn't have a single story. He's one of the best hip-hop storytellers. No, no, listen. Right. No, no. I, I don't disagree with you. What I'm saying is there are there are definitely songs where Ghostface is just stringing words together that it's like listening to Camp Love. No, you know but, what I mean? Like, I don't know what's happening my, here. I'm enjoying it. Argument, but <laughs> but no. that's not my argument. My argument is that the conviction doesn't matter because he is so fucking scatterbrained that I'm like, 
So the so now I'm I'm having to pay attention to the voice and the fact that he doesn't have good metaphors, doesn't have good poetics, if you will. Like, but I don't he's even just think not he's There's metaphors. one verse he's on not a metaphor like, rapper. All right, this is a straight verse. He's not even a metaphor rapper though. Like, no, like nobody in Goody Mob is no, a like, metaphor what I'm rapper. Is like, you still have to rhyme good. He doesn't do that here. And yeah, for I, the, this, the point this will I was be one of those agreements. For a guy who is not good, he has a lot to say. He's all over this album. He <laughs> that has. Is true. I think there's one. There's one song he opens up, and it's like 90s, 90 seconds of Cujo rapping. Yeah. Why? That's a poor choice. I think that the is a song, poor. I, I choice. think that you're talking. The song you're talking about is actually is guess who? Right. The song where they're talking about their mom. Oh yeah. And oh, and I was yeah, so mad who. because it's such a great song that I'm like, yeah. why? Who made the choice to open with somebody that is this uninteresting? Because it's like. I still love that song, but like if you had just moved that verse and put it somewhere else, like that might have been the best song on that on the album. Like the the hook is amazing. They're 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 saying great shit. It's it's a great concept, and then it's just like that verse. He's not good. I will say he's not. Yeah, yeah. No, look, look, look. There's (laughs) there's no point on this album where I think Cujo is gonna be the best thing that you're gonna get on a song. Like I agree with you there. I just think that. For instance, on songs like Cell Therapy, which are effectively about chaos, Cujo mm-hmm. is in his bag. That's he's a chaotic That's type. Of, like his mind That's is fair. literally cell therapy. Like thought process. I don't. I think he's good on there because he's talking about like being an angry black man who's stuck in it. And, like the beat. <laughs> the beat literally fits very well with his voice yeah, and his cadence. The same thing with Cell Therapy. So I. I He's not even bad on Soul Food. Like I don't, I don't think he's bad on most of these songs. He's just not. He's never gonna be the best thing on a song. Not in, not, right. in, not any song where CeeLo's present. I think he does sound good say, on Soul Therapy. Uh, the last thing I'm gonna say about Cujo is that I don't think that there's any song he makes better. If you want to make the case for Soul Therapy, I know I won't argue against it because he doesn't ruin that song. He works. But there. most of the songs that he's on, he ruins. Like, <laughs> period. For me. I'm just like, yo, this guy is bad. And Timo okay. isn't any better. The only reason why I'm not going on yeah, Timo, Timo is hard is because yeah. one, you agree. So yeah. there's really no need to, to go in on Timo. <laughs> and the other thing too is that I don't think Timo doesn't sound as aggressive. I agree. He's bad too though. He is fucking not I agree. Yeah. I agree Timo with you. adds nothing. I agree with Outlaw though that like, you know, there's nothing more annoying than somebody that's loud and wrong at the same time, yeah. right? And so with Cujo, like, He's just so like, oh, you know, that it's like, wow, this guy's really taking this seriously. And he's still not good. Yeah, so, it's just it's yeah. hard. So. You know, I'm going to have to ask some of the homies about like the 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 friends of mine who are fans of this album. Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm we've never. I don't ever remember hearing the Cujo is trash argument. Timo often <laughs> the Cujo as trash. Like no, nobody was ever like, man, Cujo, dog. He really be speaking for me. Like nobody's ever said that. Right. But I think he's always fit to me very well on the songs that he's on, notwithstanding <laughs> Guess Who, where I do agree that's an excessively long verse in the placement. But oh my God. <laughs> I feel so like long. a lot of the beats are very tailored almost to Cujo's aggression hmm. in a way that works yeah. like like it, like if you're if you're gonna make a beat that has to fit that has to fit one of the members of the group. It's gonna have to be him because of the because of the very weird way that he rhymes, right? CeeLo and Gip can get on that. I'd make the argument that he doesn't have to be in the group. I mean, 
He doesn't. So, so here's look, what here, look, here's what here's what I'll say. Right? Be so much better if you're talking about is a compilation of people coming together, right? CeeLo, Big Gip, Cool Breeze. Like, why couldn't we have just left it at that? Well, okay, time out. Okay, now now you're talking nonsense. Cool Breeze isn't even a good rapper. So that, yeah, but he doesn't sound cool, bad. Cool, I think Cool Breeze cool has Breeze like more sounds... like presence and charisma than most of the yeah, individuals because he's damn near remedial. Like, and I like oh, he's not cool good at Breeze songs. He he's literally like. A B C. If, there, if there's one, if, two, right, three. if there's eight, if there's like eight beats, he's using six of them, maybe. You know what I mean? Like he leaves a lot of open space. Like my man yeah. is an open space rapper. Um, there's like I, I Cool Breeze album was a struggle for me, and I like Creatine and I like Watch mm. for the Hook, but it was it was mostly oh, not Watch because of Cool Breeze. So good. Yeah. Like it was not because of Cool Breeze. Yeah, okay. agreed. But uh, but I will say you know um. You you kind of talk about his aggression and his kind of his style, and it, it really does fit cell therapy well. I would say though that you know I would venture to say that that style, and even on that production, doesn't necessarily do it for me. And the way I know that is is I also have never been a fan of Witch Doctor, and Witch Doctor is also on here. And you know I mean even his production, everything like I'm just that style has never been one that like really like touched me personally. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I bought the Witch Doctors album, EJ the Witch Doctor. I have it because of the song Holiday is a fucking Southern classic like no other. Um, y'all heard that song? Have y'all heard Holiday? Every day is a holiday, holiday. Dude, Maybe. listen to that. That joint is some, I probably that is, heard it. That is Man. probably production-wise, that shit sounds like it, it could have been on like Ice Cube's like the Predator album or hmm. like it's it's... It it sounds kind of like Wicked, like the okay. song Wicked, like that. That anyway, just, it's really mm. good. I'm just, this is my point. Okay. okay, I'm not a huge Witch Doctor fan as a rapper either. Like, is he's just you know, at the time, all these dudes seemed amazing because at the time, they were new, they were fresh, they were representing mm. for our region, they mm. were making noise on their own terms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there there was, they were bigger than the art they were making. So. Mm-hmm. Listening to it critically does change the way that you hear some of them. Right. And so my That's question right. to you would be, is it possible that this resonated with you at a time before you were able to really listen critically, particularly when it comes to someone like Cujo? You know? Yes and no. Possible? I mean, yes, okay. probably. Because, again, I, I, yes, because this was, for me, Goody Mob, this is part of my, this is one of those albums that I just loved from the beginning mm-hmm. and what it represented in, in, mm-hmm. I just liked it. Yeah. But even again, listening, listening, you know, I listened to this album twice today. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to it, I do think they sound good as a collective. Like I I don't mm-hmm. I am not annoyed by Cujo because I uh-huh. know I'm able to hear the messaging through it. Like I think the way he punctuates it, it doesn't bother me the way that it bothers you. Like yeah. I'm I if you were to ask me rappers that I think suck, like I said, I don't know that he would end up on my list. There would be there are a lot of rappers who are gonna end up on this list before Cujo gets there. Timo okay. might make that Timo's gonna make that list because I genuinely yeah, I, feel that way about him. And I yeah, always have. Good. Okay. Well, do you have any low lights on this album? Yeah, I definitely have some low lights. Um let's hear it. Every song is not good. Like I don't I don't like fighting as much as I want to. Like the song mm-hmm. itself of just I never liked it. I don't like the beat. I agree. Um I don't I was actually feeling that beat. I thought the the beat was okay, but the hook just, is you know so what? meh. It's just the meh. For an album that has so many records on it, you could let it go. Like you, it, it's yeah. one that didn't have to make the album. Um, 
Timo was, was a, though, you know, because I think CeeLo's spoken word bit at the end is like, I think those might be the best bars on the album, though. Okay, wow. disagree, but I can. <laughs> but they are they. I enjoy They're good bars. Mm-hmm. I enjoy CeeLo. I uh, disagree about best best bars on the album. Um, <laughs> but they're good bars. I don't love Sesame Street. That oh wow! Much. I, I never like have. That yeah, I, I mean, like I, and I'm not, I, I've just personally never liked it. So for me, it's always mm-hmm. been. It's one of them songs that I almost have to force myself to listen to all the way through. Oh, I wow. can skip it and feel like I don't miss anything. Um, there is, I think, not enough CeeLo on this album. No. I think it could stand to have more CeeLo, even though he's on every song, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, those are my only low lights. I think, yeah. Yeah, there's not, Yinka. for me, there's not a ton of low lights. Okay. Yinka. Um, so overarching low light is, um, you know, just lack of compelling and charismatic lead vocalists. We talked about that. Like, I just, I feel like, you know, a lot of times I'm almost just drowning, drowning them out. I think, you know, CeeLo is obviously very compelling. Big Gip has kind of a, a swagger and a presence and his voice is interesting. So, you know, he, you know, sometimes is compelling. It's not but that interesting on this album, though. His I, voice I, gets I much more interesting later. I agree. I agree, actually. Ooh, with that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah. I but I do like his voice. But I agree, like his performances on here is just kind of like, definitely better on future future projects. Like he, yeah. he's definitely better on future projects. And then I would say, you know, um, and it's this isn't a low light, but it's like it's like you know contrasting the the first half and the second half of the album. The second half of the album kind of lags a little bit. Like I feel like the first half of the album comes in strong, and then you know. Once once I get to so I, I hear the serenity prayer, which is dope. And then from nine on, like like it starts to lose me. I mean, luckily Soul Food is dead in the middle of that. So like it kind of wakes me back up. But um I, I felt like the second half was was, was a, a little bit of a lag. So those are my huh. uh, for me, obviously Timo and Cujo were big low lights. And I think that, you know, I can see I can go back and look at, at Goody Mob and recognize that CeeLo is like the lead vocalist, but mm-hmm. I could actually see that if I listened to this album in 1995 or 1996, I might actually think that Cujo was the leader of the group. And that's a that's like not good. He probably is. Anyway. Well, he 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 was though. I mean, they yeah. they were like, yeah, like that's not CeeLo CeeLo would say he said on that, you know, he's the youngest one. He's right. like the little brother to all of them. Like CeeLo right. was basically the same age as Dre and Big Boy. Cujo, they're all older. Gip, right. Cujo, okay. and 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 Timo, they're all older. They were like in twelfth grade. And he was like in ninth grade, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They so he was he was the get in where you fit in guy. It just so happens that his mm-hmm. get in happens to be better than everybody talent. <laughs> right? You know, he just <laughs> right. happens to be that that guy. Right. So I've got three songs that are low lights. One we've already talked about. We don't need to get too much into it. But guess who is definitely a low light for me? Which is oh, wow. which is a shame because I like songs that are talking about giving homage to your parents and this mm. one in particular to your mother mm-hmm. but you know it's weird even Kujo's verse aside it's a song about mothers but tonally doesn't really feel that way like i hear the lyrics and i'm like but maybe there was just something about Kujo's opening bars that were so off-putting that i'm like wait this is supposed to be like a like an homage like a tribute to my mom 
Doesn't sound like that. <laughs> so that's I feel like life I agree with you tonally, but I actually really liked this song. And I think no, I particularly you. there were very few to me compelling stories that were not told by CeeLo on this on this album. Um, there's a couple of other records that made me feel like I understood Atlanta a little bit in, in the way that when I listen to Mob Deep or Nas, I feel like I, I know something about Queens, even though the time I'd never been there. But um, but guess who like the sto the story? I mean, I, 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 we talked about how Kuja Joe's talking too long at the beginning, but like those stories of like you know that uh, you know I'm I'm at juvie and I'm locked up and I need somebody to come you know to pay pay my bond so I can get out you know like. My mom was there for me. Like those stories just, I mean, to me really, really resonated. And I, I really mm. felt the soul of the group from this song. So that's why I thought that it was a great song. Here's the thing, right? I think the album starts really strongly. I think, you yeah. know, tracks one through five is a really good, really good, you know, start to, to any album, right? Mm -hmm. Sesame Street, I'm not going to call it a low light, but it's not good. But like the combination of Sesame Street and Guess Who back to back is so bad that by the Serenity Prayer, I was tired of this album. I was like, yo, I, I need to turn this shit off. That's how wow. bad Guess Who is to me. <laughs> so my next low light is, uh, okay. is Goody Bag. And not because I think it's a mm -hmm. bad song. Oh, my God. Here's the reason why I don't like it, though. Here's the only reason why it's, it's a low light to me is because CeeLo is not the worst on the track, but I think this is his worst verse on the album. Mm -hmm. However, I will concede the fact that i think he's freestyling and it's if a, he it's smoked, a freestyle okay all right cool that's fine because <laughs> it tell, sounds listen to that shit okay cool cool he cool. hopped in that's the booth fine. because the shit was dope and the beat was dope and he was like you know what i'm getting right, on this that's one. fine mm. that's fine that's why he that's closes fine. it out you can see they just playing with it. they just dropping out stuff Good. at the end of the song they're like let him go fine. just let him go fine. let him have it. i'll take that i'll take that so because i wrote on my notes here i said man okay this is this is like cedo's bad on the song but then I, wrote, I was like well, i really hope this is a freestyle so and it would make sense because they're talking about weed and whatnot so it's like all right fine got a little for the high, record i don't think cedo's bad on all this right, song fine. i love cedo on this record i love goodie okay. bag because of cedo because of how he just they just let him go with the end of it and he just he just like i it sounded like he was having fun i enjoyed that because yeah. it's like he's just going and it's just it's like you it's like you you know we're talking about a cypher earlier right you being a cypher and somebody just you ready to jump in and kind of move on but that person is just gone and they're gone. enjoying it and they're they're entertaining yeah. they're performing and you just kind of like you know what let them have it this is this is like we're not losing anything from this and i feel like that's what <laughs> happened with seal like he, he even says that Ooh, i can't even stop ah, ah. like he just he just he it's, it's a hip-hop record yeah, like it's some hip-hop shit with somebody just spitting because they're there. I don't so want to hear. I don't want to hear any Goody Mob song where I have to wait till the end to hear to hear CeeLo because I just don't care about these niggas and they lose me like so, a minute into the joint. And that's the other mm -hmm. issue with my last low light, which is the coming. Which I think the coming is a really good beat, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, I think that Gip and CeeLo had the last verses on it, and by the by the time I get to them, I'm like, I'm so fed up with Witch Doctor <laughs> and Timo and Cujo. I'm like, yo. I, I can't fucking stand this shit. Like I listen to the rest of the song because I have to for this, but I'm like, yo, like I'm I wanna skip. I want to skip this song. So that's my last low low lights. Um I didn't like everything on here that's not a low light, but yeah. those that's the only one I'm gonna highlight this my low light, if you will. Those those three. In particular those two. So guess who in the coming. Goody bag, whatever. But yeah, guess who in the coming. Um yeah, no, low lights for sure. That's interesting. I think I think I agree with you know most of of those, but uh, but you know I guess who uh, again I strongly disagree with. So okay, okay. Anyway, Panama, so, no no other lowlights. 
Nah, I, I have mostly highlights when I think of this yeah. album. Cool. Let's get into that. Let's get into those highlights. All right. All right. I mean, let's start with the album cover. I love this album cover. Like, it's a good album cover. Yeah, I, I won't take anything away from that. You know that it's it, you don't you ain't seen nothing like that before. You know what I mean? Like, and it's it's kind of I think it speaks sort of to this. I think I probably called this like some ghetto gospel kind of thing before. It's, right, spir- it's right. a spiritual type album mm-hmm. because I feel like it's it's so soulful. It's rooted in like these are. There's a lot of God talking a lot of the a lot of these songs. Kind of like how DMX yeah, does, particu- right? Like there's a lot of particularly from CeeLo. Yeah, CeeLo yeah. was I mean, he, you know, his mother was a pastor. You know, like he he mm-hmm. they grew up in the church. Like, and it's it's right. clearly very influential on him. Mm-hmm. Right. But the album cover kind of speaks to I mean, look, there's three of them praying like to Allah and one and, and CeeLo <laughs> praying in the the standard standard issue Christian way. You know what I mean? Like, but they're praying at a table. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? You just don't see that kind of thing. I, I love the album cover because it, it speaks. Whatever it's trying to say, it says it. And even if I don't know exactly what they're trying to say, I get something right. from it. Right. Um, so I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, love thought process because Andre 3000, I, this is the transition from Southern Playlist, Southern Playlistic to ATLians for me. Yep. Yep. I love that. Um, love that verse. The mm-hmm. I love Dirty South. Even though I don't love Cool Breeze, I like Cool Breeze on Dirty South because. I do too. You know he's he's giving he's giving the game away. He's talking about yeah, you know yeah. the, the the drug the drug stuff. He's talking about how mm-hmm. how he got over on drugs. I love cell therapy uh, as a record. That's some conspiracy theorists like catnip, and I love <laughs> Cujo on it. I love Goody Bag. Soul Food is probably hands down easily my favorite song on this album because Soul Food is such a good record. Everybody mm-hmm. shows up to me on this one. Except for Timo, even Timo. Okay. Except except for Timo <laughs> is fine until he decides to talk about OJ. Like like <laughs> fuck Marsha Clark. You know fuck Chris Darden. Fuck Marsha Clark. Like why are we That's talking about OJ? Like right. and then but then but then CeeLo brings a, a heap of helping the fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, and collard greens too big. <laughs> Love it. All right. Um, no, that whole song by heart because of that. Um, mm-hmm. The day after. Oh my God! I cannot tell you how much I love the emotion in this record like that beat is so like spiritually sound Mm -hmm. like it has a very um gospel feel to it but CeeLo the way when CeeLo comes in I don't know he just takes it to a whole different place like I listen to that joint just for CeeLo because of how so good to me and that's that's one of my overarching highlights CeeLo yeah. is yeah. so good to me on this album like mm-hmm. his CeeLo's execution great. and performance on every one of the songs he's on yep. is top notch like he's not just spitting he's sharing right like, he's giving you his opinion he's giving you his feeling um mm-hmm. his verse on cell therapy fucking highlight <laughs> my god 
I love um, that joint. That, that's probably my favorite. That whole verse on here, I wonder it? if the gate was put up to keep crime out or keep our ass in. I love that. Some, I love that. It's provocative. Yes. It gets the people yes. going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to say organized noise production, but now we all know that 99% of every beat made was made by Ray Murray. So Ray's production on this shit is amazing because this is not really a Southern hip hop album production wise. Okay. Helter Skelter could have rhymed over this, over, over every one of these joints. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not. It's not wait, southern wait, in the wait. way like so, UGK. So this is this is the great thing about having having a, a hip hop historian like my man Panama here. He'll 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 drop something that's like everybody don't know it, and he say it like everybody know it. So 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 go back. So organized <laughs> noise did not produce ninety nine percent of this album. To me. I, I, so I, I they, didn't know this. So have you watched? Okay, have you watched the 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 art of the art of organized noise documentary? It came out wow. like in was 2016. It I think it was on Netflix. I think I did watch it. All right. If it was in a that, documentary on Netflix, I've seen it. In in that documentary, right? And this uh-huh. was at the time it was news for me because when I think organized noise, I think Rico. Like Rico is right. largely the one who stands out. And I know Sleepy right. Brown, you know. Right. Sleepy Brown, you know, son of who his father was in what? Manning? Chairman uh, of the board, maybe I think Brick or uh, Brick, maybe. Yeah, maybe I think it was Brick. I think that I think that's yeah. right. I think it was Brick. Yeah, because they're from Atlanta. Mm. Um, it turns out though, Ray is the one who did the vast majority of the actual production. Rico okay. is the business dude, more or less. You know what I'm saying? He has the ideas. Uh-huh. Ray's the executioner. Like Ray comes uh-huh. in and makes the music. So he's on the drum machines. He's the one okay. like oh, bringing oh, in okay, okay, okay. the bassist. He's the one who's like putting the pieces together okay, for the I music. And mm-hmm. that's what came out in a documentary. I was watching this like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Every time that I'm thinking everything is Rico, it's really Ray. And mm. I actually wrote an article about that. I talked about okay. how the fact that, you know, I spent all my years thinking oh, that Rico yeah. was affected because he's, he's, the, right. he's, the, he's, he's the, the face. Right, right. Yeah, you know, like Rico is the mouthpiece. But it turns out that Ray effectively is the one who did the vast majority of all the actual production I on do all those albums that. on the drum machines so, and everything. He's the he's the dude. Right. So I knew this. I just forgot his name was Ray Murray. So when yeah. you said Ray Murray, yeah, same. And you you were making it seem like it was, he was a ghost producer. From organized right, noise. right. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. My yeah. bad. I, organized yeah, noise being Rico, Ray, and Sleepy. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I, I knew that yeah. part. Yeah, I just I just yeah. forgot his name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um so yeah, so the production to me, like I said, it's it's not Southern in the way that like UGK is Southern hip hop or like 8-Ball and MJG. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of has that that almost West Coast feel to it, but with like a certain, mm-hmm. you know, this is all NPC. This is all, this is all yeah. drum machine. This is all right. hard hitting drums. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like um, fighting could have been anybody. Guess who could have been though, anybody? Right? Like West Coast had like a very specific swing, right? And we, you know, we later learned that you know the MPC three three thousand, uh, you know, kind of had a swing to it, and then the West Coasters just kind of all gravitated toward that MPC swing. Um, Goody Mob's production has always had kind of its own swing, and I think that's like something that really like interested me. Like I feel like Organized Noise, so Organized Noise had their own their their own swing just in general, but but Goody Mob's production specifically. Almost had a like, you'll hear it on, you know, get rich to this. You'll hear it on um, soul food. Like, it's just, it's like a bounce that makes you bounce different from the the, the swing that you hear on a lot of hip hop records. And so I, I think that that is a little distinct and, and different from like a West Coast, you know, bounce, right? 
Yeah, but I'm saying this is I say it feels more like it has like New York rappers could have been on this. Like I just mm. I put somebody like Helter Skelter could wrapped on almost every one of these joints because of the 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 filter bases, the drums. I thought it was the snares. Hitting. Yeah, yeah, the like, snares yeah, hit you know, like like some Mob Deep shit or something. Yeah, and that so it's funny you mentioned Mob Deep because when I was in the mm-hmm. car today thinking about this album and like what I'm what how we're gonna talk about it, mm-hmm. the one thing, the one thing that I think Prodigy especially was really good at, like for forget forget his lyrical prowess, forget how good he was just as a, his pen game, mm-hmm. but he was really good at like cataloging the mental struggle of a lot of it. Like you know, it That's wasn't. True glamorizing anything it was it was kind of he was just good at telling the story of of the struggle so to speak even if in that mm-hmm. was all the violence like the violence was never gratuitous like it was yeah it was just kind of like a byproduct of life right right that's what i feel a lot of what happens especially from cujo happens <laughs> on this album like none of it is celebrating any of the negative stuff it's just we got to make it we got to find a way to make it through this stuff i mean they even had you know cradle to the grave is 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 um cradle to the grave opens with a skit on on mob deep's infamous they mm-hmm. got similar they got the funeral skit on here similar kind yeah. of stuff like there's Great a lot skit. of similarities i think in mm. kind of ideology and tone yeah obviously fair. prodigy is much better rapper than everybody yeah. else here mm-hmm. um but anyway so yeah, those are most most of my highlights. I think that's I think that's all of them. Um, yeah, oh, fair. I think that's all of them. Uh, I'll jump. Anything I'll jump, he missed? Okay, go ahead. I'll jump on on that. Uh, so you know, like you said, organized noise. You gave it to Ray specifically. Uh, CeeLo Green, of course. Um, but my my biggest highlight actually here is sequencing. Um, I honestly, and you know, everybody did, didn't agree with me, I guess, but I think the run of track one through track eight is is a really really good run um and i think obviously you know one through five is very potent but um i think you know six and seven to me make me feel like i know i know the group a little bit like i understand them a little bit more um i think you know so i'll start i'll start with free right free is is amazing because it's it's blues like it's not even it's not even hip-hop yep. right like it's like it's just it's so bluesy so gritty so soulful we talked about um you know on the on the fuji's episode you know how the the decision to kind of give us lauren's voice uninterrupted really like kind of made us connect with lauren uh, you know at the beginning of killing me softly and so that's why they made that decision and i feel like with free we really connect with with CeeLo at the very beginning with with, with you know him singing and it kind of just his voice and that baseline is beautiful and you don't get it till yep. the very very end and they mm-hmm. give you like five seconds of the baseline and then the shit drops and you're just like damn like i want to hear that baseline more right so it just gives you like just enough to where you want more right and i think that's what they say about like a great song is like it gives you just enough to where you're you like you're like damn like i wish i could hear that longer and that's how i feel about free i almost feel like somebody you know i marquise or one of these people out here needs to like take free and like just you know, strip strip CeeLo's vocals, throw a throw a low pass filter or a high pass filter on that joint, and just make a make a beat around it so we can hear it free all over again because it's it's that good. Then we go, we go into thought process, and I feel like you know, I mean the 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 thematics of what they're talking about kind of foreshadows what the whole album is you know gonna be about. Um, I think though this is where I start to be like, 
man, um, CeeLo and Dre are so much better as as vocal performers than the other vocal performers here that I I, I learned that that I'm gonna start to feel that way, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like this is still this is still early in the game and it's still really really dope and it and it it tells me a little bit about like you know where they're from. We get Red Dog, which is a great skit, almost like a Wu Tang X esque kind of skit in terms of the way it flows into the next song, and then Dirty South to me like to me this is like the record on here that like that tells me the most about the group which is really funny because you know obviously it's a cool breeze song right and and i mean you can tell right he he raps the most on here but like there's just something about like the swagger of this record and the subject matter of this record like i i feel like outcast did this as well but but goody mob really did a good job of like they would name drop like specific places uh you know restaurants uh you know corners uh, of streets etc that i've never been to but because of the way they name drop them i feel like i'm there and i feel like dirty south did a really really good job the same way these mob deep records that i'm talking about and these nas records that i'm talking about made me feel like i could visualize what Queensbridge housing projects looks like i could listen to dirty south and be like East Point, like East Point, uh, you know, police is out here like, oh, you know, like I like I can see it. And I think like Dirty South is the first, you know, Red Dog and the Dirty South is the first like movie that I get on this on this record. And so I think this record is really, really, really important. And, and like low key, like even though it might not be my favorite song musically, it's one of my favorite songs on the album just because of how visual it is. So we get that cell therapy. I ain't got to say nothing about it. Everybody know that's you know, that's that's might be their most iconic record if it's if, it, if it's not um and then but i thought sesame street kind of was like you know part two of of, of dirty south in terms of like really just kind of let, making me feel like i knew what it's like life is like growing up in atlanta you know i mean they just you know from the 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 lingo that they were spitting to the places they were talking about i heard it i saw it so and I actually really like the um the the baseline and the instrumentation and everything of, of Sesame Street. The beat's, Go- the beat's not bad, and Cujo actually is not terrible on this record. Either. <laughs> He's not terrible, which is helpful, right? You get it. You get yeah. a, a a Cujo verse that doesn't make you want to turn it off. Sorry. <laughs> and then you know the 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 run kind of ends with guess who? Again, I wish Cujo didn't rap for ninety seconds at the beginning of the song, but. Everything else about the song I like. Um, I think the hook and the concept are really dope. And I love how, and this is this is a small detail, but I think the details matter. I love how every single person ends with my mama, but they all say it in, in a different place in the beat. So it's like, you know, CeeLo comes on, he's like, who's something, something, something? My mama. Then the next person, who's something, something, something? My mama, right? Like, it's just like everybody has their own way that they do it. I, I kind of really like that personally for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it goes into serenity prayer, which, you know, we know the serenity prayer, but there's something that is like, you know, you talk about like kind of the gospel roots of the album, CeeLo's roots in the church, you know, et cetera. And so I feel like the serenity prayer, again, makes me feel like I'm getting, you know, I'm getting to know the group more and understanding them. And then, you know, so that that run, is like my highlight of highlights. It's just like the one through seven, uh, or one through eight, I guess you could say. Soul Food is obviously a highlight. Um, and then, you know, the day after, I feel like the day after though, I feel a little different from you, Panama, in that the day after like made me, again, kind of sad that I didn't care that much about 
about the artists <laughs> like on the song because like the concept is dope the hook is dope the music is yeah, great like and then it's just like i'm just like yeah. I, I don't I really care, don't that. care I think it's mostly about, about CeeLo for me you know? i don't remember anybody else's verse yeah. i remember CeeLo's verse like nobody else's verse <laughs> right. but CeeLo is right. the payoff so it works yeah. you know what i mean yeah, like you you sure. i watched the i listened to the whole thing for CeeLo um, yeah yeah but those are my highlights uh, what i miss outlaw so I, I like I didn't ask to come because I like the beat mm-hmm. and I think the beat is good enough for me to tolerate both Timo and Kujo. <laughs> uh, they don't sicken me like they do on other records on this. Mm-hmm. The only other highlight for me is okay. Live at the Omni. Uh, really? The reason why this is, yeah, the reason why is because mm-hmm. Kujo, this is his best verse to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually cared about what he had to say mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, you've got some almost bars here. Cool. You know, it, because of that, yeah. it's like, all right, this is a highlight for me because this is like, this is a good song. Like, you're good on this. So, and that's. So, here's my yeah. random, my random kind of take about Live at the Omni. I don't know if I like or don't like this that I'm about to say, but like, it's interesting that somebody is very obviously playing random percussion live in the background, right? Like a drum. And at certain points, it's like on beat, and at certain points, it feels like it's not. And I don't know if I like that or I don't like it. Like, I like it because it gives it a, a, a live feel, but then I don't like when it's not on beat. Yeah, it was always it was always an odd choice for me, too. Yeah. Um, let, me, uh, let, me, let me ask you a question before. Well, are you finished with your with your highlights? Um, if you have um, Yeah, you guys already highlighted everything else. It's a highlight to me. Yeah. All right. So this is something I wanted to ask you all before, and I meant, I meant to do this. Like, how familiar are you all with Atlanta? Like, I'm assuming you've both I'm been to Atlanta, right? I'm not as familiar. I've been yeah. to Atlanta several times, but I'm not going to tell you I'm familiar with it. I lived there for a little while, so I'm a little familiar, at least with SWATs. I lived in Southwest Atlanta. All right, where whereabouts? Um, off 285 in Cascade. Okay, all right. All so right. yeah, so, and then my family lived off Camp Creek. Okay, all right, but like like before it was like the Camp Creek it is now, or like the Camp Creek. Um, kind of more like back what in the it day is now. when it was when nobody when nobody cared about Camp Creek because Camp Creek as it is now like with the Target and all that for years none of that stuff was there it was it was just okay. like a big ass nothing. My um, family got there around 06, 05, 06. Okay, so and, this that's when it started to become cramp, Camp Creek, uh, whatever it's right. called now. With, so anyway, the, with the Red Lobster and all that over there. <laughs> yeah. So the reason the reason why I ask is because part of what I love about this album too. And I meant to bring some of my highlights, and you reminded me of it, uh, Yinka, is how Atlanta-specific so much of this stuff is. Like, for instance, yeah. even live at the yeah. Omni. Well, it's one million niggas inside, but the Omni was where mm-hmm. the Hawks used to right. play. Like, the Omni, like, it was the Omni uh... was the building, the Omni Hotel. Like, it was a focal point in Atlanta, right? Like, okay. all these mentions of the roads, like, uh, 166, you know, that mm-hmm. the Lakewood Freeway, 254. You know, like, all, right. all these different mentions of streets that I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. Streets that I know, streets that are just like, like I know, like the back of my hand. Um, right. You know, Soul Food, there was a line at the Beautiful. The Beautiful is a restaurant. JJ's Rib Shack uh, was packed too. Yeah, my my cousin that. owned JJ. You know, like his name is uh, OJ, well. but he's JJ. You know what I'm saying? JJ's uh-huh. Rib Shack. Um, the name, the dropping of all this stuff I that was that. made specifically for people who are in Atlanta to recognize. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you saw yourself in this. That's part of why I like it, too. So it kind of gets yeah. us that everyman part that you're talking about. Like, for Atlanta, there were so many cues to Atlanta. Like, Dirty South, like right. you said, he's shouting out all the projects in East Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Perry, you know, Perry Holmes, Herner, those are in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, Martell Holmes, well, that's 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 East Point. But Perry Holmes, right. Herner Holmes, all, like all these different, you know, it's just like. And even uh, remember me from back in the days, I grew up some something near Benjamin Mays. I was like, oh, snap, right I know, know Mays. Benjamin Mays. Yeah, right around Here's the corner from Benjamin you. Mays, you know. Yeah. Is that what helps make this album a classic to you? And not just a, a Southern classic or an Atlanta classic, but a hip hop classic. Is that what helps make this album a hip hop classic? I don't think so. I think that's that helps me that helped me enjoy it when I was younger okay. because it was stuff okay. that I could recognize. I think I think what mm. makes this a classic to me is that for a bunch of for four dudes from the South, mm. they made an album that I think was both regional but sounded dope enough where it could be appreciated outside of the bounds of just the South. You know what I mean? And and even though you hate this album, or not hate it, but you you find a lot of trouble. A lot of people, a lot of rappers that we know and love from New York love this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like they they give a lot of praise to Goody Mob. Like I, if you listen to the, if you listen to interviews, I'm listening to Busta Rhymes. He's talking about how much he loves soul food, and you know, like there's just. The people who liked this album really, really liked it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was just happened to be one of those people who, you know, part of, partly because I was young when it came out and it helped. It was part of my whole, you know, hip hop education. So they talked. They but, talked about on the on, on the episode uh, on on uh, on Drink Champs that you know they talked about how Tupac was a big fan of the group and how he even at some point had said that he wanted to either sign to them or become a part of the group, right? But um, I think it's it that was interesting to me because. I think that's something that really appeals to people about this group is that like they seem to embody the the kind of complexities and dualities of like the black male existence, right? So like, you know, they're they're thugging, they're selling some some drugs on this joint. They but then they're also, you know, they're about to struggle and you know, they're about our people and there's some some religion on there. And it's just, you know, just the complexities of like what makes man man. And I think that there's something like endearing about that that people love about this album. I can top that actually. Part of the reason why I could see somebody like Tupac being interested because these were some niggas, and I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> Still standing comes out in I th- I want to say it's '98. I think I think it's '98, '97 or '98, whenever yeah, it 98. is. And we had this spot on campus in the middle of the AUC called Audrey's. Okay. Audrey's is that that black owned record store that used to get all the shit early. So, mm-hmm. you know. Everything that everything that was coming out on Tuesday, she had it on Monday. You know what I'm saying? Everybody would go in there, drop their twenty dollars for an album. But she also <laughs> did a lot of in-store signings, right? So, okay. um, you know, Goody Mob would be there. Nori was there. Like all the, we, mm. we met all these people at Audrey's doing album signings. They would come to Atlanta for shows, but they were all coming to Audrey's. Okay. And I remember when Goody Mob was there. I still have this, by the way. I still have my my mm. CD booklet where all of them signed it. I remember standing waiting and being like, yo, these are some scary Negroes. Like, they just seem <laughs> like a little less approachable, specifically okay. Cujo. Cujo and Timo seem <laughs> a lot more like robbers who rapped <laughs> than, than like CeeLo, who was starting, you could tell he was starting to understand, I'm a superstar. Like, I can, right, right. Th- there's a lot of money to be made here. You know what I mean? And Gip was always mm-hmm. kind of on his own. He always had his own style and swag, whatever. Right. But, I just I can remember vividly Cujo's face. I was like, yo, I don't want to mess with this dude. I'm not even sure I want his autograph. Like, I don't want to be the one to ask him, be like the one dude that asks who he's mad about. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just had that. They seem so bad. authentically them. 
He probably will. But Yo, this is address. Like uh, address. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I think I think part of what drew people to them was probably they seemed authentically themselves. Like yeah, they weren't trying to portray a certain image. Like they were, they were them. You know what I mean? It's kind of like mm. how remember when Cash Money came out and they seemed so grimy because mm-hmm. like. That juvenile they had chicks with stretch video. marks in their music videos and, and all Everybody that. Everybody was hot and sweating. You know, they, <laughs> they wearing uh, $30 outfits. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was there was no pretense to it. Right, They right. were not pretentious, especially mm. during the soul food time. Like, they seemed mm. exactly like who they portrayed themselves to be on yeah. record. That's interesting. Something else that they said, they said on uh, Drink Champs that I thought was interesting was they were talking about how they grew up watching wrestling, which most of us, you know, 80s babies and, 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 and before did. But they were talking about how, like, the reason, especially, like, if you if you look at them, like, around wor- the world party time frame and stuff like that, like, the reason they dressed all weird was because they, like, they watched these wrestlers. And so each of them was kind of trying to embody, like, a, a different wrestler. And they were talking about how, like, they liked, you know, Dusty Rhodes and, you know, all these dudes. And they were, like, emulating that. So I thought that was interesting because I do remember and, you know, I don't know if, if you were kind of in tune outlaw, but when when World Party came out, like, they were literally dressed like characters off of Street Fighter or, you know, one of these video games. Like, they were all dressed like cartoon characters. And such I was a like, misfire. Up with these characters. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover now. It was yeah. such a misfire. It was the kind yeah. of shit that turned so many... So many people were turned off from that album anyway, but, yeah. like, get rich to this with that album cover. It was like, what is happening? Yeah. Who is this group? It was so strange. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You know that was Backbone song, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, it was just a dope yeah. beat. I, me- I remember hearing about that, like, or I, yeah. that was in the doc. That was in both the the um, their VH1 behind the music and I and I heard that on and CeeLo CeeLo was talking about that how that yeah, was, you exactly know, it was just a dope Lowe. record. They got that record. That's how Backbone got his verses on there and he's doing the hook. Right, right. Um, but that record was hard, man. I, w- I actually was hoping that it would go further. It is, but it didn't sound like Goody Mob. Like yeah, I, I. I like the record. It did not sound like a Goody Mob record. And mm-hmm. I clearly wasn't the only one confused by whatever direction they were deciding <laughs> to go on that one. Like it sounded like it sounded like they were trying to go for radio in a way that they never really tried that hard before. Like they would end up on radio. But by this point, right. radio was changing, right? Like it's a different sound. Yep. Like, you know, when I got to college, it was nothing to hear Nas is like on the radio. Like on the main radio stations, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hearing Guru and stuff like that like it was i remember you know right. my steez got played around the clock on like v103 <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you know 97.5 which is hot 97 or hot 97 in atlanta at the time like those mm-hmm. are regular rotation records yeah in 97 you know what i mean things change for sure <laughs> yeah the only other question i have for you panama is i i want to say once upon a time on facebook you wrote something about Outcast mainstream and not liking that song initially, but you've listened hmm. to it recently and now you do like it. Was that you or do I have that was definitely me. for somebody else? No, that was definitely okay. me. I, I honestly have no idea why I didn't like mainstream. Like I've literally been okay. It it is true though. Like when 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 ATLians first came out, mainstream was the song that I just did not like for whatever reason. I don't. I you don't know why know. I'm asking you why? about that song in particular, right? Oh, because Goody Mob is on. Because not just Goody Mom, specifically Timo and Cujo are on that record. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's probably not it, but 
I, I, I honestly don't <laughs> okay. know. <laughs> okay. I, I don't I don't know what I was smoking. Like I remember and it came up because I was having a conversation with some of my friends about AT aliens and I was like, Yeah, I don't even mess with mainstream. And everybody was like, What the fuck are you talking about? Like right. who doesn't like yeah. mainstream? That joint is so dope. <laughs> And I was like, what are it you is. talking about? Like, it's whack. And then I went back and listened to it. I was like, what in the hell was I thinking? This is an amazing <laughs> record. Like, everything right. about this is dope. And it's the same. You know, I, I keep having these moments where I got to go back and correct stupid shit that I've said. <laughs> and that was one time. I remember when Tedra Moses' um, Complex Simplicity album first yeah. dropped. I panned the shit out of that album. The really? whole album is amazing. Like, yeah, right. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I did that, but Yo, it happens. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I like that too. Yeah, it, it's it's. I keep finding all these things that I said, hot takes that I don't agree. Now, I do want to be clear. We, I was on the Fuji's episode with you. I hot taked "Killing Me Softly." Still believe that shit is is like the, <laughs> the most, the least compelling song in the album. I think He's I'm gonna take wrong. that one to my grave. <laughs> I think I think that one's coming to my grave, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what was wrong with me about mainstream. Amazing record, love you. Okay. Well, I don't have anything else to add. Um, I appreciate you suggesting that we listen to this. I think it's it's a good conversation, especially. I mean, I got a lot of good information about not just Atlanta, but specifically Goody Mob and what they meant to music, what they meant to Black people. Um, I would not have gotten that insight if I hadn't listened to this album. So I thank you for that. Yeah, I'm listening. Glad to be of service. Yeah, and I'd say I, I I listen to this way more than I you know have in the past. Like I, because I, I'm I probably have heard this album before, but like haven't like just sat sat with it. So like having the opportunity to just really sit with it, like I said, that especially the first half of the album really grew on me. So you know, appreciate the the opportunity to to listen to it more in depth and and you know have some banter about it. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I might not change no hearts and minds, but uh, you know, nah. I mean, at least Glad for me, I, I, I care more about this album than I did before we did this. So I no. think I actually think I like Goody Mob less after listening. To this album. <laughs> and it doesn't mean I dislike the album. Right. But before I never actually had to pay attention to just how bad Timo and Kuto are. And now I had to. They're bad. And I'm, I'm just not going to change. That's just my opinion. That's what I feel. I respect and, it. Yeah. I don't think they're good. So, so, so but, we, I, but we this gonna, album is not bad at all. We're going to roll the Outlaws crib with the Lumberjack album in tow <laughs> so he can hear just Timo and Kujo. There's supposed to be a Lumberjacks album, by the way, out there. There somewhere. is one, right? There's supposed to be. I think there might be an album of theirs. I think they did one. I, I don't think it got released like like a, lab, a label release, but I think it got leaked. I think it's out I might Listen, have to if I ever find that joint, from, I'm sending it to you. <laughs> yeah, I might have to cut that little snippet from this podcast so that we can spare our listeners any Googles or any attempts to find this album so we can spare them from that because I would not want them to suffer through that noise. Wait, but, but weren't, weren't, weren't Timo and Cujo the, the original Goody Mob? Like, weren't they the first? The first and then they, they added the other two? <laughs> they were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well... Uh, Unless y'all have anything to add, I think that should wrap it up for this Put You Up for the debut album of uh, Goody Mom. Yeah, that's it. Peace. Got right, y'all. Peace. Peace. When the scene unfolds, young girls, 13 years old, exposed them scenes. Too many tongues, they can hate. Got more. Stretch marks than these hoes. Hollering they got rank. See Sega ain't in this new world. All tough them experimenting in Atlanta, Georgia. United Nations overseas. Train assassins. Do search and seize. Ain't knocking or asking. The government folk. Niggas like me. Pro white.
trash like they tricks like hood. Back in slavery, concentration yeah. camps, snakes with gas pipelines. Infernos out those like they had back when they don't. Hitler wish they went in 1945. Listen to me now, believe me later on in the future. Look at what it said. In a constitution that in the event of a race war Places like Operation Heartbreak Hotel Mormons tail until that tight vent seal off this bell They'll say it's fake, no mercy Fool, you should be my least worries Got a deal with W-2-10-99s mark black helicopters swoop down And try to put missiles in mines Who's that kicking in my window? Nobody now Who's that kicking in my window? Complex, a gate with the serial code was put up next. They claim that this community is so drug free, but it don't look that way to me. Cause I can see the young girls hanging out at the store. 24-7 drunk is looking for a hit of the blow. It's powerful. Oh, you know what else they trying to do? Make a curfew, especially for me and you. The traces of the new world order. Time is getting shorter. If we don't get prepared, people, it's gonna be a soda. My mind won't allow me to not be curious. My folk don't understand, so they don't take it serious. But every now and then, I wonder if the gate was put up the gate.